Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Indeed. Welcome to the second hour of Rudy Maxa's World, the show that's all travel all the time. Well, if you want a front row seat to a really bad trip, check out the NBC TV series Sunday night at 10 o'clock Eastern called Crisis. A bus filled with the children of Washington, D.C.'s elite kids is hijacked during a field trip, and the kids are held hostage while the bad guys demand the parents to perform, demand that they perform acts, including murder, while asking them, what will you do to keep your kid alive? Among the teenagers is the son of the Pakistani ambassador and the president's son. Now, one false note here. No president's kid goes on a field trip, let alone even to school, without Secret Service protection. But I guess, you know, in the service of fiction and drama and cliffhangers, we'll let the producers of Crisis off the hook on this one. Coming up this hour, we're going to take a new look at the highway where you might be able to get your kicks. That would be Route 66. We'll visit and uh, we'll talk about a food fest in one of Northern California's most lovely little towns, Carmel-by-the-Sea. That food fest is coming up the end of the month. And you don't want your pilot to fall asleep on the job, do you? It happened. Well, it happens, I think. Remember that pair of Northwest pilots who overshot the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport by 10 miles three years ago? They said they were both distracted by working on their laptops, but given that they failed to heed repeated cockpit messages from their own dispatchers, I've always wondered if they weren't cap-napping, and so have others, by the way. At any rate, a Boeing engineer joins me at 33 after the hour to explain how the company is researching pilot fatigue. And together, we'll learn the whereabouts of the country's top roller coaster, just to help you with your summer travel planning. But let's turn our attention to the biggest aviation news story of the week. I mentioned in the first hour this development late last night, early this morning, in which the Prime Minister of Malaysia said he's opening a criminal in, uh, that the country's opening a criminal investigation because it appears that someone on board the plane may have been involved in turning off transponders and other communications equipment and redirecting the plane. I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Bob Vanderlinden. He's the chair and curator of air transportation and special purpose aircraft for the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. Dr. Vanderlinden, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Thank you very much. Thanks for having now, me. Now, when this hunt began to get pretty complicated earlier this week, you were quoted in the press as saying you were certain the aircraft will be found eventually. Has this, this I, don't, I guess, I don't know if it's a trickle or a flood, a trickle of information and misinformation, as fragmented as, fragmented as it has been this week, has that caused you to reconsider that statement, or are you still pretty confident? Oh, I don't know about confidence, but it will be found eventually. It may not be found anytime soon. That's the problem. I mean, what, what's they your do reaction? Have, they do have, I Go beg your pardon? Go ahead, please. I mean, they've got data, which is um, good to know, but right now it seems to be conflicting. It's pointing in two separate directions. And what was your um, reaction this morning, Saturday morning, when you woke and saw that the prime minister had said, hey, somebody was up there. I mean, it's either somebody, uh, part of the, if the prime minister is correct, or his advisors are correct, it's either someone on the crew or bad guys in the plane, right? Well, from all the evidence that most of you know, the authorities have gathered, it looks like it was a deliberate act, and that's about all you can say. Uh, all the, uh, the appropriate electronic equipment that is necessary to, to track the aircraft was turned off, except one that automatically goes that uh, you can't do anything about. And that's what they're, that this, it 
little bit of equipment that's just pinging satellites, doesn't send much information. But all the other day, all the other equipment, the transponder and the ACAR system, was all shut down. And that, aside from a catastrophic electronic failure, which is highly unlikely, um, leads to a conclusion it was done deliberately. Why? So- Don't know. And the problem is now, you know, the search area has gone from the Gulf of Thailand now to almost the entire Indian Ocean. And now they're talking, instead of the aircraft going another four hours, it may have flown another seven hours. So Lord knows where it may be. So is there something we can say for sure that didn't happen, like a mid-air explosion suddenly? There is. There would have been, had there been a mid-air explosion where the airplane disappeared, there would have been uh, wreckage. Uh, that sh- should have been found relatively quickly. I mean, the airplane, most parts of the airplane will sink, <clears throat> but the substantial parts that will float, and they would fly, they would find um, significant amounts of that. I mean, they found parts of Air France 447 within a couple of days floating on the on the Atlantic, and that right. would have happened. Okay, if the plane eventually did go down in the water, what is the likelihood that uh, nine days on now, or eight days on now, there would still be visible debris since it's been, you know, that long? Uh, some of it will float for quite a while, but that's a good question. Depends on the uh, on the weather. Depends on where. The other thing is, if it's been floating in, in a spot for a while, it may, you know, the debris may be a long way from where the wreckage is by now. Sure, sure. And currents, um, may, it depends on the currents as well. Exactly. I presume, the, whatever yeah, body of water it's in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I'm not having to look for it. That's all I can say. Yeah, I'm sure you are. We talked on this show about three weeks ago, just by sheer chance, about several suicides by uh, cockpit guys in the cockpit. Um, mm-hmm. A couple known and one suspected. That famous Air France crash in the Atlantic Ocean, flying, I believe, from Brazil to to Europe. Uh, the French still say, or Air France still says, it wasn't a suicide. I mean, it was bad weather, but uh, some folks disagree. Um, but I want to return to that first thing I said. It, it's it, well. Let, let me let me ask this. I, uh, it seems to me if 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 the prime minister is accurate and that somebody actually turned off that communications equipment on purpose and changed the route of the plane, it's someone on board that plane. Though on Friday night on Piers Morgan, um, the theory was floated that maybe someone from it would be the first time it's ever happened that I know of that someone on the ground could take control of the plane. Is that even feasible today? I've never heard anything like that. I mean, that, now, you know, the longer this airplane goes undiscovered, the the wilder the, you know, theories, theories pop yeah. up. But you'll hear anything. And honestly, nobody knows. You know, experts don't know. Um, man on the street doesn't know. Nobody knows. Well, it Someone seems to... Had, somebody ahead. somewhere knows something about it. They may not even know they know about it. You know, you know just have to, like, in, in, interpreting the radar data and things like that. Um, someone may have seen it go down and not recognize what it was. Um, All right, but if we I have every th- confidence it will be found. I just don't know when. All right, you're sticking with that. But if, uh, we've only got uh, 30 seconds left, uh, Doctor. But if, if, we, if we buy the Prime Minister's assertion that somebody did that, that means somebody on board, whether a passenger, a terrorist, or a crew member, somebody did something on board that plane that made this so unusual, correct? If yes. we grant the Prime Minister that, that assertion. All right, yes. well, we'll we and will it has follow. Before. Yeah, it has happened before. You're absolutely right. Uh, well, Dr. Vanderlinden, I appreciate your taking time out of your weekend to talk with we. We may have to come back to you, but it's certainly, I think it's going to be another week of this at least, don't you? Maybe. Yeah, who knows? 
All right. Really, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Dr. Bob Vanderlinden is uh, the, the chair and curator of the air, uh, of air transportation, special purpose aircraft at the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum that's in Washington, D.C., as well as out near Dulles Airport. Uh, Dr. Vanderlinden, thank you again. Thank you. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. We're beginning our big second hour. When we come back, we're going to take a ride down Route 66 with Jim Hinckley, the author of the book called Travel Route 66. We'll see how intact that route is. Don't go away. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. Travel rewards usually take forever to earn and even longer to redeem. Introducing Orbitz Rewards, the instant approach. Earn and redeem rewards instantly. Book a flight, use the rewards right away for your hotel. Book your hotel and use the rewards to stay longer. Book a package, well, you get the picture. Earn even more when you book using the Orbitz app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join today and get instant vacation gratification. Go to Orbitz.com slash rewards. That's Orbitz.com slash rewards. Or visit RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. Here's something you don't hear on the radio every day. Someone who can't see. I am totally blind, and I go through periods where I'm unable to sleep at night and feel like I'm constantly running but can never quite catch up. But this isn't a sleep problem. It's something called non-24. Learn about the link between total blindness and your symptoms. Visit learnmorenon24.com or call 855-856-2424. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Ron Delano, Attorney Houston. If you've been diagnosed with mesothelioma, you may be entitled to a tax-free share of billions of dollars that have been set aside for mesothelioma cancer patients. Second-hand asbestos exposure can also cause mesothelioma. Many patients were exposed to asbestos and didn't even know it. Call right now to get the facts about your legal rights and possible financial compensation. Call 800-764-3000. This eczema is driving me crazy. All I do is... No matter what I use on this dry, itchy red skin, I can't stop... Introducing the first eczema lotion from Cortisone 10. It contains the strongest non-prescription itch medicine to relieve the... Plus seven moisturizers to help heal severe dry skin. Once you start using it, you'll stop the for good. Ah, that's better. New Cortisone 10 Eczema Lotion. Feel the heal. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. It's 18 minutes after the hour here in Rudy Maxa's World, and this segment is brought to you by Orbitz, who would like you to know that travel rewards, or remind you, you probably already know, that travel rewards usually take forever to earn and even longer to redeem, which is why they've introduced Orbitz Rewards. You can earn and redeem those awards called Orbucks instantly. If you book a flight, you can use uh, your Orbucks dollars instantly to book a hotel. You book a hotel, you use those Orbucks to stay longer. You book a package, well, you get the picture. You'll earn even more Orbucks if you book on the Orbits app. You'll earn 5% on hotels and 2% on the cost of flights. Join today and get instant vacation gratification. Go to Orbits.com slash rewards for more details. This is free, by the way. That's Orbits.com 
slash rewards, or you can go to RudyMaxa.com, the radio show website, and look under sponsors. By the way, when you're at RudyMaxa.com, you can also listen to podcasts of this show, probably in about uh, by about Sunday afternoon. Uh, and you can also listen to podcasts of past episodes, or if there's a, a segment you'd like to send to a friend, you can do that as well right from there. And my travel minutes are posted there, the one-minute travel minutes I do Monday through Friday for many of my stations. All right, that's all at RudyMaxa.com. Jim Hinckley joins me. He's the author of the book Travel Route 66, which has just come out in paperback. Now, Jim, welcome back to the show. I, I, I thought Route 66 wasn't intact anymore. What's the deal? Well, uh, officially, Route 66 ceased to exist about 30 years ago. About 95% of the highway is still drivable and intact, and it's probably America's longest attraction. Uh, it has an international popularity that's uh, just quite astounding, to be honest. But is there no signage that says Route 66 along the way? Uh, no, most states are jumping on the bandwagon of the Route 66 renaissance. Illinois has done an excellent job of charting all the different alignments of Route 66, Likewise with Missouri, uh, Arizona has designated large portions of scenic byways. Uh, it's relatively easy to follow, actually. Well, if if you get on it, do you just keep going straight forever to California? I mean, or, or do you have to jog off to other routes to rejoin it? Well, uh, in some places you do have to pick up with the interstate highway. And the other problem is which Route 66. For what example, in, in in western Arizona... The pre-1952 alignment of Route 66 follows the National Old Trails Highway up through the Black Mountains, and the post-52 alignment of Route 66 basically follows I-40. So you want to do the pre-52-66? Uh, yes, that section of Route 66 is absolutely stunning uh, scenery. I think that uh, Helen Keller would have difficulty taking a bad picture up there. Now, I gather your book will help us in this regard. Yes, I picked out some of my favorite locations, provided some of the history, and uh, some little short detours, things that sometimes people miss if they become a little myopic just on Route 66. Before we get into specific places, where does Route 66 begin and where does it end? Uh, the eastern terminus is uh, Grant Park in Chicago. The western terminus is just short of Santa Monica Pier in Santa Monica, California, but the uh, traditional end is actually the pier itself. I, I, I do remember that. Um, all right, so so I want to drive Route 66. What am I going to learn? Give me some examples of, of some gems I will learn by reading your book, which is called Travel Route 66. Well, Route 66 has morphed into a really fascinating attraction. The uh, resurgent interest in the highway has transformed the highway into a living, breathing time capsule with an overlay of Disneyland. And as a result, it's now feasible to restore 1930s motels, cafes, things of this nature. Uh, intermixed with that are our original locations, little cafes and diners that have been run by the same families since the 1920s, the 1930s. And then there, you also have the lengthy history, because, for example, the pre-37 alignment of Route 66 literally follows the Santa Fe Trail through uh, parts of New Mexico. So you'll Very be going cool. through small little villages that are uh, uh, like San Jose, New Mexico. The chapel there has been casting a shadow on the road since 1826. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's home is just two blocks off Route 66 in Springfield, Illinois. Now I know you live in Kingman, Arizona. Is that it? Was it in Arizona that you first found your fascination with Route 66? 
Well, you know, you can cue the Twilight Zone music at this point, but somehow <laughs> most everything of importance in my life has been tied to this road since about 1959. We uh, moved to Arizona in the summer of 1966. We followed Route 66 out here. Uh, I learned to drive, learned to ride a bicycle on Route 66. Uh, I've traveled the road extensively over the years. Have you turned 66 yet? No, no, but it's... Uh, I that's going to be a that's gonna be a big year for you. I don't have to squint real hard to see it. It's right there at the top of the hill. <laughs> really? Now, you, you've written five previous books, uh, Route 66 Backroads, Ghost Towns of Route 66, Route 66 Treasures. You also, and if you're a fan of Route 66, you need to know about uh, Jim Hinckley's blog, which is route66chronicles.blogspot.com. And you are constantly posting things to the blog about that highway, aren't you? Yes, pretty much every day. Uh, a majority of my published writing actually was automotive. I uh, was the associate editor for Cars and Parts for a number of years, and my specialty was the American auto industry from 1885 to uh, uh, 1940. I've actually written uh, 12 books, five on Route 66, and then others on Ghost Towns of the Southwest, uh, obscure things like books about the checker cab industry uh, but route 66 has become such a fascination because of the international popularity of the road how what kind of car do you drive well i have a 98 jeep cherokee and a 68 dodge pickup okay and and how do you find enough things to post almost every day about route 66 seriously mm-hmm. Well, the history of this road is just absolutely astounding. Uh, for example, the latest book uh, that will be coming out in October that I just finished, I discovered that Buster Keaton filmed a state in Kingman, Arizona in 1925 and filmed a movie called Go West here in the Kingman area. Wait, you've and got it, another Route 66 book coming out in the fall? Yes, I did a Route 66 historic atlas documenting um, uh, a crime scene and disaster locations, film and celebrity-associated sites, military sites, uh, pre-1926 historic sites. Jim, Route 66 sites. is like a, it's, it's like you're a prospector and you found a mine with a really rich vein. Well, yes, and it, one of the exciting things, it's opened incredible doors for me to meet with people from all over the world. Why, do they stop in and knock on your door when they're driving? Uh, yes, I, meet with, uh, I met with 16 tour groups last year that stopped here in Kingman. See, there's Route 66 associations and, and tour groups specializing in Route 66, operating in more than a dozen countries right now. Who knew? Well, you did. I didn't. Yeah, it, it's uh, probably America's most undervalued under, uh, attraction. Unbelievable. Well, you can follow Jim Hinckley by going to route66chronicles.blogspot.com. Dot blogspot.com. That's route66chronicles.blogspot.com and look for his paperback uh, uh, version of his latest book called Travel Route 66 and watch for one coming out again in October. Jim, you're, uh, you're a natural wonder. You're a natural treasure. Thank you for keeping an eye on Route 66 for us. You bet, sir. All right. Uh, just a quick news item I didn't have time for at the top of the hour. Imagine this. You hop in a New York City taxi and you find a 10-foot albino python curled up in the back seat. Or you're in that backseat of that cab, and the python slithers through the taxi partitions. What do you do? Well, when that happened to some passengers in Manhattan recently, they screamed, uh, which is exactly what I would do. 
I know that because the guy who owns the snake had a hidden camera there to record everyone's reaction. His name is Jimmy Fila. He's a stand-up comedian who used to drive a New York City cab a few years ago, and he borrowed someone else's cab to pull this prank in order to create a YouTube video called Snakes in a Cab. It's a play, of course, on that movie of a few years ago called Snakes on a Plane. This is the taxi version of it. So now the city's New York City's taxi commission is investigating because drivers cannot harass or abuse passengers, except Fela isn't a cab driver, and he didn't start the meter, and none of the riders complained, though they were all frightened by the snake, which I understand. PETA, for its part, suggested that maybe the comedian use a plastic snake next time. If you care to, you can see his video on YouTube. Just search for the title, Snakes in a Cab. And Singapore eclipsed Tokyo as the world's most expensive city, according to the Economist Intelligent Unit's biannual report that compares the cost of living in 131 major cities. Reasons include Japan's weakening currency and the fact that Singapore doesn't have a lot of natural resources, so it's heavily reliant on energy and water imports, driving up astronomical transportation costs, of course. It's also the world's most expensive city in which to buy clothes, so don't buy clothes in Singapore unless you've got a whole lot of money and don't care. By the way, after Singapore, Paris, Oslo, and Zurich came in second, third, and fourth when it, came to expensive, when it comes to expensive cities in the world. All right, we'll be right back after this commercial break. We're going to be talking with a statistician at Boeing's Research and Technology Department, about his studies, or Boeing's studies, to combat pilot fatigue. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. I'm Rudy Max. I'm glad you are. Nice to have you here this weekend. We'll be right back. Call now to talk to Rudy Max at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Travel rewards usually take forever to earn and even longer to redeem. Introducing Orbitz Rewards, the instant approach. Earn and redeem rewards instantly. Book a flight, use the rewards right away for your hotel. Book your hotel and use the rewards to stay longer. Book a package, well, you get the picture. Earn even more when you book using the Orbitz app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join today and get instant vacation gratification. Go to Orbitz.com slash rewards. That's Orbitz.com slash rewards. Or visit RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. Here's something you don't hear on the radio every day. Someone who can't see. I am totally blind, and I go through periods where I'm unable to sleep at night and feel like I'm constantly running but can never quite catch up. But this isn't a sleep problem. It's something called non-24. Learn about the link between total blindness and your symptoms. Visit learnmorenon24.com or call 855-856-2424. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. I want to talk uh, about uh, folks who sleep on the job, as I mentioned at the top of the hour. One of the last persons you want to do that is the pilot of the airplane you're flying on. And Chris Gast is a statistician in Seattle with Boeing's research and technology team. He's been studying this issue. And you're most welcome to join the show, Chris. Nice to have you here. Thank you, Rudy. All right, so how long have you been looking at pilot fatigue as an issue up there at Boeing? Uh, we have a team that's been working on this subject for about five years now. Uh, it began in 2009. I joined the team in 2012. So you all must have learned quite a bit by now in five years. 
we have learned a lot. Um, we've certainly built on the research that occurred um, before we began. Uh, we're running uh, an ex- a big experiment right now, actually, uh, that will hopefully shed a little bit more light on the, on the situation. Well, I saw mentioned in Wired magazine, is that the experiment I saw there where you've attached, uh, I guess, electrodes, you'd know a more precise word, <laughs> to, pe- to people's heads, and you can, you can tell whether they have, are suffering from sleep, de- sleep deprivation or whether they're well-rested. Is that an, an oversimplification? Uh, well, that yeah, that's uh, that's one characterization of it. Uh, electrodes um, to measure brain waves is one thing that we're measuring. Um, what we're doing with our experiment, it is the same one that was discussed in that Wired magazine article, is we're bringing uh, experienced triple seven Boeing triple seven airline pilots into our flight simulator, and we have them fly when they're both rested and when they've been up all day, and they are fatigued and they're flying overnight. Um, and we measure, we, we try and measure their fatigue level with all of these different physiological devices. We use brain waves and we use heart rate and we use cameras that ca- capture head posture and, and other things like that. And the hope is that we can find something uh, that is non-invasive, meaning we don't have to stick you know, electrodes on pilots' heads every time they get in the cockpit, uh, but is reliable in measuring uh, the fatigue state of a pilot. How about you design a seat that just gives them an electrical shock every 15 minutes to wake them up in case they want? <laughs> I guess. I don't think the pilots would be very happy with that. <laughs> well, what, are you finding that it is fairly easy, um, maybe not with a non-intrusive uh, device yet, but is it fairly easy to tell uh, when someone is more fatigued than maybe they think they are? So uh, if, if your average person hits a high level of fatigue, there are, there are a few ways that we can tell. The problems that we face in the flight deck, uh, number one, is that pilots are very good at mitigating the effects of fatigue, uh, especially the 777 pilots we have flying in our in our simulator. What is it? When, let me just inter- have- Chris, can I interrupt you? When you say mitigating, does that mean overcoming or denying or what? Uh, mostly uh, compensating for the effects of fatigue. So if uh, what we've noticed, uh, sort of anecdotally, because our experiment isn't quite finished yet, is that uh, when pilots are fatigued, they will communicate with one another more, and they will actually they'll run through checklists that they wouldn't necessarily need to run through uh, just to keep themselves occupied, because they know they're feeling a little fatigued, and they want to make sure that it doesn't progress. Which is a good thing, of course. Definitely, yes. Okay, and is there... Is there a perfect solution? Well, I, uh, let me. How do I phrase this? Could there be a perfect ending to this? Could there be a solution that will fit all sizes and let a pilot know when he or she is ex- too exhausted to be flying and ought to maybe take a break? So we think that a solution does exist. Um, what we're doing is finding, working on some advanced computational and, and statistical methods that will help us combine data sources from a bunch of different sensors. And um, we believe there will be some, some combination of these data sources and some algorithm that will help us detect when pilots are fatigued. Now, whether or not that is an operationally feasible um, thing to do, uh, that's, uh, that's a subject for further study because we, we have to have buy-in from pilots and we have to develop something that is easy to use and also reliable. Well, speaking of buy-in from pilots, do they like coming in and sitting in the simulator and doing this stuff? They seem to. Um, you know, you, you get a different impression after they, they finish their, their day of tours of our Boeing facility. They're very happy, and about 
3 a.m. when they're finished flying, they're maybe slightly less happy. But um, <laughs> overall, the reviews have been positive, and I think that the pilots, as well as as the flying public, understands that this is a very important issue. So they've been generous in donating their time. There's nothing in the cockpit now that uh, has any uh, applicability to this, is there? Um, there is in in some models. There is an an indicator that will warn that will send out a warning just to to the cockpit locally if no no controls have been touched for a certain period of time. Ah, interesting. It's not really a fatigue prevention device. It's just sort of a, a query, hey, a heads up. are you there? Yeah. yeah. And did the recent uh, new rules regarding rest involving pilots, did your study play into that at all? Well, yeah, right. So our study is in part a response to those enhanced regulations uh, that the FAA is requiring of airlines. We're trying to um, help airlines uh, you know, have uh, developed schedules for crews that that um, can limit the amount of fatigue that pilots experience and help the flying public, um, you know, understand that uh, safety is the number one priority. And we're, we're just trying to find ways to enhance that, that safety. Chris Gast is a statistician at, uh, with Boeing's Research and Technology uh, Department, and he is has for the last uh, year and a half or so been looking at how to combat pilot fatigue, or at least how to measure it. And, how to do something about it. Chris, uh, we wish you luck as a member of the flying public. I'm on planes all the time. I, I'm, I'm behind you 100%. Get your rest Great. and get this done. We'll do our best. Thanks, Rudy. Thank you, Chris, for stopping by. Take care. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Here's something you don't hear on the radio every day. Someone who can't see. I am totally blind, and I go through periods where I'm unable to sleep at night and feel like I'm constantly running but can never quite catch up. But this isn't a sleep problem. It's something called non-24. Learn about the link between total blindness and your symptoms. Visit learnmorenon24.com or call 855-856-2424. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Hi, this is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And I know how important a great smile is in business and with loved ones. Having a great smile will increase the odds that your loved ones will get closer to you. And in business, that you'll impress that client. A recent study of 2,000 people said you can look up to 13 years younger if you have whiter teeth. If you want to erase yellow stained teeth in just 5 minutes a day, then try Paraswabs. What makes Paraswabs better is that it works on natural teeth and veneers. There's no messy strip or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth and in seven days, six shades. Call now and try it risk-free. Dial 1-800-663-0853. That's 1-800-663-0853. I guarantee your friends and co-workers will notice your new white smile. Get it risk-free. 1-800-663-0853. That's 1-800-663-0853. Ron Delano, Attorney Houston. If you've been diagnosed with mesothelioma, you may be entitled to a tax-free share of billions of dollars that have been set aside for mesothelioma cancer patients. Second-hand asbestos exposure can also cause mesothelioma. Many patients were exposed to asbestos and didn't even know it. Call right now to get the facts about your legal rights and possible financial compensation. Call 800-764-3000. 800-764-3000. 800-764-3000. 
3000. You thought Boost Mobile had low prices before, but now they're dropping lower than ever for anyone switching to a Boost 4G LTE device by March 31st. Are the prices this low? Nah, lower. $35 a month low. Wow, that's low. That's right. Boost Mobile is going $35 a month for six months low, all with unlimited talk, text, and data. Oh, baby, I'm down with that. And now, for a limited time, Boost Mobile is sweetening the deal. Switch to Boost today and get $50 off a new phone. That's right, save even more money. That's $50 more just for switching to Boost Mobile today. Offers end 331 $35 4G LTE promotion available at BoostMobile.com and select retailers only. Limited to new account activating 4G LTE device. Rates increase after introductory rate. Includes 2.5 gigabyte per month of high-speed data. Video streaming limited to 3G speeds. $50 promotion limited to new monthly accounts switching to non-sprint-related carriers and are participating dealers only. Savings applied towards new device while supplies last. Cannot be exchanged, redeemed for cash, merchandise, or services. Excludes tax. Restrictions apply. See participating dealer at BoostMobile.com for details. Get out the map, get out the map, and lay your finger anywhere down. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. It's 43 minutes after the hour. Passengers on some United Airlines flights are going to be able to view movies and TV programs for free on their uh, Apple devices this year. The airline says if you have Apple's uh, iOS 7 operating system installed, you're in. It promises it'll have the new system installed on most of its domestic planes by the end of the year. First to get outfitted will be United's A319s. Uh, I'm joined by Carrie Tice, uh, who is the owner of uh, Hofsa's House and in Carmel-by-the-Sea. Now, if you've never been to Carmel-by-the-Sea in Northern California, well, you've got a treat coming. It's one of the most beautiful little, I even hate to call it towns, villages, because uh, it's that cozy looking right on the Pacific Ocean. And, uh, Carrie, um, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Hey, is Thank Carrie there? Thank you for describing Hi, the magical town of Carmel-by-the-Sea. Well, it's, it's gorgeous. Um, I pre- am I pronouncing, uh, I presume Hofsa's house is a B&B? Yes, it's an inn. Um, my an grandmother inn. was Donna Hofsa's. Yes, it's a 38-room inn, and uh, we, she started it 65 years ago, and I'm and very you... proud to keep the tradition going. Well, good, well, good for you. Now, you've got in Carmel by the Sea. Um, this is not exclusive to Hofsa's House. This is the community as a whole because you work on its the the, the uh, town's hospitality improvement district, and you're also on its city council. You've got coming up March 27th through the 30th, uh, not just a food and wine festival because those proliferate all over the United States, all over the world now, but this is the Relay and Chateau food and wine fest and relay and chateau to listeners who might not know it is is an association of very uh, upscale small hotels and uh, gourmet restaurants around the world it's based in france and you have to be a member and qualify for it and pay them some money relay and chateau it's called relay and chateau gourmet fest 2014 what is on the uh, i don't want to say menu what is on what's on the plate for this event uh carrie i gather it's the first one you've had there Yes, it's the first one. Uh, the founder, uh, David Fink, he has an inn in Carmel called La Berge, and he is part of Relais Chateau. And in order to help celebrate 60 years of being uh, the brand of Relais Chateau, he had put on another f- food festival here uh, nearby, and he decided to start one of his own with the help of Relais Chateau. 
So, I mean, it's going to be the Gourmet Fest. It's going to be just wonderful food, wine, top-notch chefs. They're going to have a welcome party that's going to pair a chef with a farmer and a wine estate. Um, you're going to be able to go mushroom hunting and then have a wonderful lunch paired with the wine uh, prepared for you afterward. Um, there's going to be a caviar tasting. Uh, I mean, a taste of Italy. Uh, we're going to also uh, highlight the wonderful seafood we have in Monterey Bay with the seafood grill event. Well, so, this suggests I mean, that this suggests that chefs from Relay and Chateau properties around the United States, around the world, will be attending. Around the world. And and give it give me a a setting. Is this in a big tent outside? Will this be at various restaurants or inns in town? Uh, well, the the big events are going to be in a very luxury tent uh, at our uh, cultural center called Sunset Cultural Center, and then a couple of the smaller events are going to be at uh, the La Playa Carmel, uh, which is a seventy five room inn in town. And then, of course, we're going to have uh, another event at a Talbot Winery. And, ah, very and, good winery. I and, love Talbot wines. Yes, exactly. And then there's also going to be a small mushroom hike up in the Santa Lucia uh, Preserve. So you're, it's going to be a little bit uh, mainly in Carmel-by-the-Sea, but you will be able to get out a little bit uh, into the neighboring areas. How many people can attend this? Uh, I think they're looking at five about a thousand people wow wow uh -huh. that's much larger uh, than i thought yeah let so me give the website out in case someone's you know walking around the house now going okay okay how do i find out more about this you go to gourmetfestcarmel.com carmel is like carmel c-a-r-m-e-l gourmetfestcarmel.com this is the inaugural relay and chateau gourmet fest 2014 set in carmel by the sea which is a cute little village right next to Carmel, California, in Northern California. You fly into San Francisco, and uh, what, it's about an hour and a half drive at the most? Well, you can fly into three spots. You can fly into San Francisco, and it's about two hours. You can fly into San Jose, uh, which is about an hour and a half, or you can fly Monterey, uh, which is just 10 minutes away from Carmel, has its own little airport, and you can fly into Monterey. Perfect. Carrie Thies is the owner of Hoff's uh, House, an inn in Carmel-by-the-Sea. She's also on the city council there. And the dates of the uh, Gourmet Fest are Thursday, Mar March 27th through the 30th. Thanks very much. We'll be right back. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. If you are a fan of Facebook, go to my fan page, Rudy Maxa Travel at Leisure. Um, Travel and Leisure. I think we're about 95 uh, likes away from hitting 4,000 likes. Uh, we'll have a big party here at the International World Headquarters of Rudy Maxa's World when you hit 4,000 likes. Um, I, post, I posted a couple things from London last week that might amuse you. And uh, I posted what I, po I was I was exercising on what they call the Santa Monica steps here in Santa Monica, California. It's a, about 140 very steep steps you run up and down, and all these women in lycra uh, 
Lycra sweatpants do it, and I do it in old cotton sweatpants. Anyway, uh, there I found Woody Harrelson's brother, his 50-year-old brother, going down 170 steps on his hands with his feet up in the air. I couldn't believe it. I posted a picture of that, too. Anyway, I post fun stuff there. We also post links to guests on our show there. Facebook, Rudy Max, hit the like button. We'll hit 4,000 before you know it. All right. Summer vacation's coming, so you know what you got to do. you got to know where the best roller coasters are in the country. And Pete Trabuco has been on to talk about this before, and it's that season to have him back on. He's, a, he's an amusement park enthusiast and a vacation expert, and he is, uh, in his real life, he's a former chief of staff of the New Jersey State General Assembly. But uh, his passion is, is amusement parks and roller coasters. His book is called America's Top Roller Coasters and Amusement Parks, a guide for those who ride them and tips for those who fear them. You can find it at Amazon. Welcome back to the show. Nice to have you here, Pete. What's hot? Have we got a new one this year? A new couple ones or, 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 or what? Every year you get a whole new bunch, a whole new crop of roller coasters. Uh, by the way, I'm a I'm a, a liker of your page as well. So hopefully I got you that one step closer to that goal. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. I think four thousand will be exciting to hit. That. <laughs> well, you passed me uh, months ago. So <laughs> well, I uh, I got well, a radio there are many show. Many roller coasters, we... obviously, out there. You know, the best of the best are still out there. But I wanted to talk about four new ones. Please uh, do. That, uh, just came by. Uh, you know, Coney Island. Obviously, we're all familiar with. Uh, uh, you know, of course, Coney Island, and of course, that's, that's the place where roller coasters were built. There's a new one called Thunderbolt, and it's uh, living in the old tradition of the old Thunderbolt, which got knocked down, uh, which actually was in a Woody Allen movie. Um, and it's going to be a beautiful steel coaster. Looking forward to going there. It's going to go up to speeds of 65 miles an hour. Oh, my uh, you got goodness. Goliath over at Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois, which is a great place to go and a fantastic ride called Goliath. Uh, it's going to have loops and, and stuff like that. Banshee at Kings Island and uh, hang, hang on, is that steel? Hang on, hang on, Pete. As I recall from talking to you previously, there are two kinds of roller coasters, wood and steel, right? Yes, uh, and Goliath is a wood coaster. Steel coasters are obviously, you can do a lot more with them and go faster because they are a, able to bend the steel to make them go a lot quicker. Okay, so, so Coney Island steel, this Goliath at, in Six Flags over Georgia is wood, okay. Yes, and you got uh, a, a new one. It, it might not be an intense ride, but it's one that I think you should all try. It's at the Magic Kingdom at uh, Lake Bonavista, Florida, in Orlando, called the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Now, it doesn't sound like much, but if you know Disney, the theming is there. It's an amazing place to go, and it's one ride that, uh, as long as I can fit in the seat, <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to ride with the family. And one of the other ones I wanted to talk about is, while you're in Orlando, Florida, why not go... The Harry Potter and the Escape from the Gringotts, and that's a, a new roller coaster that's going to be in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Dragon Alley. Supposed to be a great ride, and, and, and that's uh, at Universal Studios. At Universal Studios, I'm sorry, at Universal Studios, and it's uh, it's going to be a ride that uh, people are talking about. It, again, it's not going to be an intense ride like the ones you'll find over at Cedar Point or Six Magic Ma Mountain or, or uh, Texas, or but these are great rides, and did no one does vacations uh, better and roller coasters theming uh, better than Disney. So these are some of the new ones and that both? are coming on board. And if you get a chance in the area, uh, it's a definite must-see to go there. And both of them, both that are in Orlando are steel? Well, some are wood. I mean, you've got Quasi, which is a fantastic wood roller coaster there. It's over at Bush Gardens in Tampa. An amazing ride as far as I'm concerned, as far as wood is concerned. Uh, but, uh, you know, due to the uh, the conditions there, wood coasters don't last as long as the uh, steel. Yeah. So they, yeah, yeah. They, they tend to go with, uh, with steel uh, in places like that, in climates like that. 
Okay. Now, have you uh, have you discussed these anywhere online that we can uh, refer to? No, you are the first, actually. I have another book coming out next year, uh, which is going to be a second edition, and uh, I'm writing about them, but uh, you are without a doubt the first that I've talked with these about. I can definitely send something to you. Please do send that to me. Uh, uh, not only will I post it on the Facebook fan page, um, uh, Pete, I'll also... Uh, I do it. I do a travel minute for many of our stations. Uh, many of our stations take it. It runs Monday through Friday, and I'll do a travel minute on the, on you and the, and the new coasters. So do you know my email, I think. Send it to me or send it sure. to uh, Janet, my producer, and I'll get it. Um, well, okay. So you can, get, you can pick up Pete Trabuco's book at, uh, at Amazon, and it is called America's Top Roller Coasters. And you heard it. You heard it. New York, uh, Six Flags Over Georgia, uh, Disney, and uh, Universal, right? Yes, great places to go. I mean, there are so many great amusement parks out there, but these are the four that have caught my eye as being the the, the newest, best rise for 2014. Excellent. Jeff Trabuco's got a good eye for these things, so trust him. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. Take care. We're coming to the end of the hour here at Rudy Max's World. Always a sad time for me because I could talk travel all day. I know. Uh, believe me, my friends say, could you shut up a bit? Um, I want to thank my engineer, Jeff Ryder, who brings my words flying through the air somehow. Somehow, they come through the air into your radio or off our podcasts on the computer. It's unbelievable. My executive producer is Janet De Acevedo McDonald. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week. We'll be watching the investigation of the Malaysian uh, Malaysia Airlines situation. We'll see what comes up next weekend. I'm Rudy Maxa. See you next weekend. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.